Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. This is episode 11, and what we're going to talk about today, we're going to break down the inside linebacker and outside linebacker draft class. I just finished grading the outside linebackers, putting a nice little bow around my linebacker grades for this upcoming draft class. We're also going to talk about, we're also going to talk about the 2017 NFL Regional Combine that was in attendance uh, this past weekend in Ashburn, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., at the Washington Redskins practice facility. Beautiful facility. A lot of prospects on hand trying to do their best to impress scouts and coaches and also personnel decision makers. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Be sure to follow our Football Game Plan Scouting Twitter handle as well. We'll post all of our scouting reports there in addition to our video content that we always produce. That's at FBGP Scouting. And don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. And to keep up with all of our draft content, it's located on our website at footballgameplan.com slash draft. And like I mentioned earlier, I was just at the regional combine in DC to do these regional combines across the country. I believe the one prior to the one in D.C. was in Seattle, uh, and this one is in D.C. I believe the next one is in New Orleans, March 13th and 14th. I think that's the culmination of all of these. And the these are for guys that are under the radar, uh, didn't get the invite to the, to the uh, NFL scouting combine this upcoming week in Indianapolis. So they participate in these regional combines around the way. Um, they used to have this as sort of a, an event to where it culminates into a super regional combine. Uh, that took place in Arizona, but I think this one will take place in New Orleans. And just some takeaways from from this event, it was a lot of players, man. I want to say approximately 300 players were there in attendance, and I was there from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., got a lot of interviews, took a lot of videos. Guys, you guys can watch that on YouTube uh, or on our website at footballgameplan.com slash 2017 NFL Regional Combine coverage. So that's where all of our interviews and practice workout videos, I'm sorry, are located. But just some takeaways. The defense got kicked off early in the morning. And some of the standouts from the drills, uh, a couple of cornerbacks, man. And, and these are some guys I haven't gotten to the secondary yet, but I made sure. That's why I was glad to go to this event because I was able to grab some sleepers that I didn't have earmarked to watch initially, but watching these guys work out, and this is what the combine is supposed to do, it draws you back to the tape. And these guys definitely I put on the I need more tape of or make sure I watch these guys as well. But in the secondary doing drill work, Willie Bailey of Virginia Union, Bakari Blunt of Assumption, who I thought was the top overall performer, on the defensive side of the football, he's so fluid in and out of his breaks. was outstanding in, in uh, the the drill work and also um, in his testing. So Bakari Blunt out of Assumption Division II program. Rayshon, uh, Rayshon Clark out of Albany. He was a tall corner. Uh, very fluid as well for a bigger guy. It looked like a safety, but he was at the cornerback position. And Tevin Homer out of Florida Atlantic was another outstanding performer in the drill work. Another guy that just looked like in NFL corner out there. The outside linebacker position, Najee Harris of Wagner was able to grab a great interview with him. You can check that out on our website. And Bryant Frazier and Kyrie Rozier. Now, these are two guys that were defensive linemen in college, but also spent some time as stand-up edge rushers. Now, Kyrie Rozier, out of Presbyterian, came in as a defensive lineman. as a big guy. We don't know the height and weight and 40 times because they wouldn't release that information, but 
he must have performed well enough to where when he got to drill work, they stood him up and had him go through the, the linebacker drills, uh, and he looked very fluid, caught the ball well. So he's an intriguing prospect to keep an eye on moving forward. I'll go back and hit the film room on him. And Bryant Frazier had a guy – this was a guy I had earmarked initially, so I knew a lot about him. He was a CIAA Defensive Player of the Year, 24.5 TFLs, 18.5 sacks. And when I spoke with him, he talked about how – the underrated part of his game was his ability to stop the run. He said a lot of people focus on the sack numbers, and rightfully so, but he had 24-and-a-half TFLs versus the run. And I think that's something that, that speaks volumes of his game. He stood up in these drills, and he's a big guy. He's about 270, but moved extremely well in the backer drills, going back, you know, backpedaling, weaving, and things like that. So I thought he did fine. And the, the, uh, Dimitri McGill out of ECU, I remember I was at the Temple game, and he stood out. He's a shorter – they like those short nose tackles. I, I can't remember the guy named from two seasons ago that was a tremendous um, defensive tackle, nose tackle, shorter guy, about six feet tall, 300 pounds. McGill is cut from the same cloth, skinny ankles, very quick on his feet, but definitely has enough power and girth to anchor uh, in the middle. But he performed well in drills also. Some guys of intrigue uh, that were there defensively. Uh, uh, Brian Price out of Maritime. I talked about him uh, on the my post-game or post-practice recap where he's a 6'5 safety from Maritime College, a Division three program. And I did the broadcast when they played in the ECAC Bowl games this past Thanksgiving, uh, sorry, this past November, uh, right before Thanksgiving. Again, 6'5 safety, probably more of a strong safety as you transition into the NFL. But he showed some combo safety ability in that bowl game, was able to cover guys deep down the field. But I think he's probably more along the lines of a box safety, a nickel linebacker type type deal, but he was impressive. Uh, Xavier Moss, Army, another taller safety. He was a free safety in college, but I think he's better suited to play strong safety. He has good ball skills, but I don't think he has the quicks necessary to, to survive on a consistent basis deep down the field. So I like what he showed once again in the drill work. So he's a guy of intrigue to keep it going, especially being a, a military guy where if he makes a roster, he can serve his time. He can work out the deal with the Army uh, and, and serve his time, wear his time commitment. Uh, William Sewell out of Frostburg State, another guy that I had at the ECAC Bowl Games. He's a cousin of Vernon Davis and is a tremendous athlete just like his cousin. Uh, he played defensive line at Frostburg State, the Bobcats, very good defense. In that bowl game, he was triple team. They weren't allowing him to get to the quarterback. Imagine – being 5'11", 235, a defensive end, having to be triple-teamed by an offensive lineman, you're putting in work. So he looked naturally smooth in those outside linebacker drills. And Darnell Leslie, another outside linebacker convert from Monmouth, um, he said the vastly underrated part of his game was his pass rushing ability. you think that would be first uh, when you're talking about edge rushes, but he wasn't allowed to rush the pass a lot, played mostly the run this year for Monmouth, and that helps him out moving forward because, again, he's a taller guy, about 6'3 and a half, 6'4", um, and move fluently through these drills. Another cornerback to keep an eye on is Jordan Ford of Campbell, another bigger guy that had some intrigue out there going through the, the drill work. Guys that tested well, in my opinion, were all linebackers. Uh, Omar Howard of Richmond, John Salas of Elon, and Alan Howellman of Shippensburg, another Division II program. So that's the defensive side. That was the morning workouts, guys that stood out, guys that had some intrigue, and guys that were looking supreme in testing. On the offensive side, testing, I thought initially 
Will Carter of Bucknell. I talked about him a lot. He's a receiver, uh, played in run-dominant pro-style offense. And the game I called against Georgetown, they had him as a wingback blocking on the edge, and he was doing a great job. And keep in mind, he's 5'11", 180, but he showed that toughness to get in there and mix it up with linebackers on a lot of crackback blocks, was able to reach block a couple of guys as well. But his explosiveness in and out of his breaks is what makes him a very dynamic receiver. And if you go back and watch him versus the FBS opponents they played last season, he was able to step up and show out like he was supposed to. Will Stanback, you remember the name? He played at Central Florida, now transferred down to Division II Virginia Union and was a, a guy that some thought was better than Storm Johnson. Had a very good freshman year, fell out of favor at UCF and transferred to Division II uh, where he was able to lead the, the conference in rushing and also lead his team in rushing and do a great job working out, testing well, running the 40. He, I will say, again, we don't have the official times, but just from the eye test, I would say probably a mid 4-5 guy, which is pretty fast. Uh, Bradley Lipscomb out of VMI, intriguing player here because he also played linebacker for the key debts, then switched to running back when it, when the depth was, was thin, then switched back to linebacker to help those guys out. So you saw the athleticism, you saw the athleticism translate very well uh, as he was doing the drills. He did all running back drills uh, at this combine. Jalen Holmes out of Bethany. He's a shorter back, so you know his explosiveness and his change of direction skills were going to be top-notch. He was definitely impressive in all of the testing, from the agility, agility drills to the 40-yard dash to running routes downfield. He really can pick it up and put it down pretty quickly. Um, on the flanks, Graylon Harrison out of Morgan State. I was on the broadcast. I keep saying that, but I, I did a lot of broadcasts this year, guys. I, I got to throw it out there let you guys know I do color commentary. But anyway, I was on the broadcast when Morgan State played Howard, and Harrison was a tremendous receiver. He has good natural, I would say, receiver instincts. He, he has a good feel for the passing game. Surprised he didn't get an invite into at least the NFLPA game, but he was out here working out, looked extremely well in uh, the 40-yard dash and the agility drills. And tight end Nick Jones out of Buffalo State, Division Three program, bigger guy, um, was very light on his feet for a tight end. Didn't catch the football particularly well in drills, but in testing, he looked the part and definitely performed well. And one more uh, offensive lineman, Donald Brinkley of St. Augustine's University uh, in North Carolina. I'll be there uh, in April meeting with the coach, doing another football game plan you segment that we love to do here that you guys love to watch. Uh, but Brinkley was another extremely athletic offensive lineman, bigger guy, about 6'5", maybe about 320, but very thin ankles, which means he had great change of direction skills and really was working his tail off uh, throughout the entire workout. Guys that impressed in drill work stand along the offensive line. And there's two uh, Elizabeth City State University guys. Avery Wright, the offensive lineman, was good in drills, uh, especially on the pull, pin and pull uh, drills they were working on. You also look at his teammate, um, James Rowe, the wide receiver. He was a big-time playmaker, had a big game versus Hampton. And uh, you saw the explosiveness. He's able to return kicks. And he and Avery Wright really represented the Vikings well. Now, here's a guy from a university overseas, um, Darius Jokarzadeth. I hope I pronounced his name correctly, from Sawansa University. Very big offensive lineman and was also looking really smooth in drill work. Uh, Jalen Holmes, again, Bethany. This guy, I, I tell you what, when you're, when you're that height, he probably was listed as, I would say he probably measured out at 5'6". 
Um, but he was explosive, man, and he looked good in drills. Again, going through the bags, the weaving drill, he was excellent. Tanner Valley, tight end of Towson. One thing you know about Valley, we know he can block because Towson runs the football predominantly uh, 65% of the time. Caught the football extremely well, so you see a little bit of upside in this game. Vastly underutilized with the Tigers and two receivers and Marcel Depina. Every time I looked up, Depina out of American International was making catch after catch. I don't think he dropped the ball all day. And Devontae Jenkins of Southern Connecticut State was another explosively talented wide receiver that impressed uh, catching the football over his shoulders and running routes, especially when you have to toe-tap on the sideline. They ran that drill where you ran a quick speed out, toe-tapped on the sideline. He caught the football extremely well. So that's it for the NFL Regional Combine. Guys that stood out, guys that were intriguing prospects, and a lot of these guys I will add to my list to keep an eye on and watch some more film and put together a nice little piece called Sleepers that were guys outside of my initial watch list that caught my attention at the Regional Combine. Again, you can find all of this content on our website at footballgameplan.com slash 2017 NFL Regional Combine. Moving on to the NFL Combine, which takes place this week. This is an exciting time for a lot of people involved with the draft because you're getting to watch these guys work out. It's fun to watch because you always want to see who's the fastest. That's one of the biggest things while I watch the Combine, who's the fastest guy. I don't care about the the broad jump or the the drill work. Who runs the fastest? We always live and die by the fastest guy. You want to be the fastest. So I just want to see these guys, not the offensive line, not the quarterbacks. I just want to see the skill positions run. I don't see O-line, D-line, quarterbacks, kickers, and punters run. I want to see wide receivers, corners, safeties, running backs all run the 40-yard dash. That's must-see TV. But, again, don't overreact to the combine, but you kind of have to overreact to the combine if something doesn't jive on film. Let's say, for instance, if a guy plays fast but runs a 4-8, don't ignore the fact that he plays faster than that 40 time. Or if a guy runs extremely fast but plays like he's dirt slow, don't ignore what you see on film. If he's playing dirt slow, he's dirt slow. That's all that should matter. Remember, a lot of guys train for these combine drills to, to quote-unquote win at the combine. So don't overreact to the numbers. It's just food for thought, some information that you've gathered, and another reason for you to go and cross-check what you've already scouted. So that takes place this week. Shout-out to all the people that are there um, getting interviews. And make sure you guys ask great questions, man. Those players and coaches are only up there for a finite period of time. Make sure you don't waste it by asking terrible questions. Please ask great questions so these guys can give you great answers and then you can provide great content to your readers or viewers, however you form, whatever your former media is. So don't waste time with, so what is it like? What are you here trying to accomplish? Save those questions. Work on, you got, what, three days to work on great questions. Please come up with some great questions to ask these players. Also, if you're a fan in attendance for the bench press and things like that, don't be a fan. Don't, you know, scream out something. Just observe and go about your business normal. I I don't know why they have fans attending these workouts as far as, like, the bench press is concerned. Don't cheer. Just sit there and just relax and be normal. You know, don't go out there and and make make yourself the story. Don't be that guy. Um, clap when everything is done, cheer when you're supposed to cheer, take pictures when you're supposed to take pictures. Don't be that silly fan, uh, you know, Johnny JV jumping out there talking about, well, when I played, I did this. Like, man, nobody cares, man. Just let those guys work out, peace and quiet, clap when you're supposed to clap, cheer when you're supposed to cheer, leave early, preferably, or when you're supposed to leave. But enjoy the combine. It's always fun TV. Don't, conf- don't uh, solidify 
uh, your takes based off what you see in a workout. Remember, film trumps everything. Workouts just probably add a little bit more context and a little bit more intrigue, make you go back and watch more tape. But remember, the common theme is trust what you see on film. Now that we gathered here today, guys, so it's 18. I always take 15 minutes of your time before I jump into why we're here, but we're here because I finished grading the linebacker position, both inside linebackers and outside linebackers, starting with the inside guys. My number one overall graded prospect for the inside backers, Ruben Foster of Alabama graded out the best. Uh, and this was a no-brainer to me. I'm a big fan of linebackers that love to hit, that look to hit. Guys that go out there and inflict pain on the opposing ball carrier. A guy that, as a former running back, when you're running the football, you kind of don't want to see that guy in the hole. Or you see him coming, you make sure you try to brace for it or get out of bounds. Because he will hit you and you will go directly to the ground. Don't pass, go. Don't collect $200. Ruben Foster is an outstanding linebacker. And he's tremendous. And so on film, he graded out. Now, there are some questions I had about his ability in coverage. Um, which is why some people may have some hesitance of taking an inside linebacker this, this high in the draft. But when you're looking at impactful plays, um, I think he plays that game very well. He is very good versus the run. He's also a very good blitzer, and he's angry. He plays angry. So I would take this guy in the top ten. Uh, you could work on taking him off the field and pass coverage or put him in a different spot to where he can have success, um, get creative in how you utilize him in coverage. But I think that's the only knock about his game. And obviously the injury concern coming with coming out of Alabama, he's having surgery on his shoulder or has a torn labrum, whatever it is coming out of Alabama that you have um, that comes out right before the combine. He has that uh, or a version of that. But I think he was the clear-cut overall number one inside linebacker based off film. An underrated guy, I think, that's a very talented player and is going to have a great pro career is Markel Lee out of Wake Forest. His film just was impressive. I mean, this was a guy that plays the run well, takes on blocks, disengages from blocks, able to pressure the quarterback, shows awareness in, in pass coverage. So I just think he does a lot of things very well. Now, he tends to get a little sloppy at times, uh, overly aggressive, but you like for the most part, what you see from film on him. A sleeper prospect, and I tweeted out some videos about this guy, for Lauren Arumalade from Dartmouth at 5'11", 250. Now, he was an outside linebacker, played a little bit more inside as well. Um, and I think he dropped some weight this year, man. I think he dropped weight to be a little bit quicker. Now, he was always a good pass rusher coming off the edge, but you knew you know, a 5'11 guy was kind of kind of chubby, wasn't going to play outside linebacker as a pro. Maybe James Harrison can uh, dispel that myth, but he's more cut up than what you saw from Aromalade. He dropped some weight this year, maybe about 5 to 10 pounds. He's cut up, played an NFL PA game, and his film this year was just highly impressive, both inside and out. He gets through blocks very well, and the, the experience of playing on the outside helped him out on the inside as far as A and B gap blitzes, and then he jumps back to the outside, being able to, to take on blockers. He does, he does that very well um, on the outside, so He's a tremendous talent, man. One of the true sleepers in his draft class out of Dartmouth. Uh, intriguing prospects. I, I think guys that don't get a lot of pub are more intriguing to me. Um, they, they were very productive. Two guys in particular, Christian Tago out of San Jose State and Matt Galambos out of Pitt. I just love the way these guys play the game. Tago was more impressive as a, as a junior as opposed to as a senior, but still put together a very solid career for the Spartans and, and a guy that's always around the ball. Matt Galambos fits that to a T. He's always around the football. I was surprised, surprised he didn't get a, an all-star game invite to any bowl game. You know, NFL, PA, Shrine game, Senior Bowl, uh, 
I thought Galambo's put together a solid four-year career for the Panthers. So both guys, I think, are sleeper guys, probably seventh-round undrafted-type players that get on a roster, play special teams, and end up working their way into a regular contributor for an NFL squad. So that's my NFL uh, draft rankings for the or just an overview. Obviously, I'm not going to give you the full rankings. I want to say we graded about 40. Uh, I can tell you the true number right here. We graded inside backers. Give you these numbers. 28 inside backers and 40 outside linebackers. So um, we'll put out all these scouting reports on our website and also via our Twitter handle at FBGP Scouting. Be sure to follow that and also on YouTube. Moving over to the outside linebackers, number one overall outside linebacker um, to me is Tim Williams out of Alabama. And I graded him as, uh, you know, I, I compared him to Bruce Irvin. I think that's the type of game he plays. You want to see what he can do, dropping back in coverage, playing a pass. But we know we can, we know what we're getting from from Williams as far as aggressiveness in getting to the quarterback, stopping the run. He plays that extremely well. Now you want to obviously don't want to make him a one dimensional pass rusher, um, but in some cases that's what he's going to have to show until he's able to to showcase those skills in pass coverage. But initially, you like the fact that he is. Uh, what we call, I, I call Derek Barnett a guy that has a, a a knack for the moment. Williams has that as well. If they need a sack, they need a big play, he's on the field. He's going to get that sack, and that, to me, is worth his weight in gold. An underrated player in this draft uh, for the outside linebackers, Jimmy Gilbert out of Colorado. Some people are going to focus on his weight, but I've seen this guy play the edge extremely well. I've seen him drop back in coverage. I've seen him hold his own at the point. Um as a 225-pound outside linebacker, he's a taller guy. They say this year he played maybe at 215 at Colorado, but he still was impressive. He should be at the combine. Um, he would he would have tested well in the drill work, and his drill work would have translated to what you saw on film. He was a tremendous player on film. The Arizona State game is what you can see as far as from a potential and projection standpoint. He was able to, to do all of those things you want your outside linebacker to do, and he did it well in that ball game. So I think Jimmy Gilbert is a very underrated outside linebacker in his draft class. Some sleepers. I think you guys should go check out Otha Peters from the University of Louisiana, home of the Raging Cajuns, transferred from Arkansas. Tremendous, talented young man, in addition to a tremendous, tremendously talented football player. Transitioned from a 4-3 at Arkansas to a 3-4 at Louisiana. Can play outside or inside backer. I graded him out as an outside guy. And I just like what he brings to the table from uh, a pass rushing standpoint. He plays with length and uh, is also able to pressure the quarterback. And again, their defense had a transformation this year after they fired their defensive coordinator, promoted their linebacker coach up to D.C. He was able to, to really turn his game on. And a big reason for the turnaround, which got the Raging Cajuns to another bowl game, the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, so Otha Peters is one you should keep an eye on. Very good sleeper prospect. And Khalil Young, Outside linebacker, edge rusher from Mississippi Valley State, 6'4", 250, 
tremendously athletic. He is the the mold of clay, as you would like to say, of a prospect that coaches want to get their hands on and really teach him the raw techniques of the position because he has the athleticism, he has the length, he has the footwork, he has the, the hand strength, he has the ability to flatten and accelerate to the quarterback. Tremendously talented and productive at Mississippi Valley State. They have, a, they have another cornerback that's a uh, sophomore this year that we're going to talk about two years from now. He's tremendously talented as well. But Khalil Young out of Mississippi Valley State is another sleeper outside linebacker prospect you guys should go check out. And guys of intrigue, uh, Gabe Sherrod out of Michigan State. Barely played at Michigan State. I don't know if it was because of injury or coach's decision, but he was a graduate transfer from Delaware State where he set the sack record at Delaware State. He was a tremendous uh, player for the Hornets, the top pass rusher in the FCS. I thought he was going to go back to Delaware State and continue to build on what he did and, and follow the lead that we saw Rodney Gunter do uh, in, in route to the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. But he chose to, to move up, challenge himself, and go to Michigan State where he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And the reason why he's intriguing because he was a high school quarterback, came into Delaware State as a wide receiver, played some wide receiver there, also played tight end, then moved to outside linebacker uh, and then defensive end. So you see the athletic traits translate across the board. And when you have a guy that, that is able to catch the football, has the smarts of a quarterback, and has the length of a tight end and athleticism of a tight end, and also has the production to get to the quarterback, that's why he's an intriguing prospect. Although the production may not have been there at Michigan State, it was at Delaware State for two straight seasons as one of the more feared pass rushers in the MEAC. So keep an eye on him as an intriguing guy. And Al Quedon, uh, Al Caden Muhammad of Miami. I tweeted out a video yesterday of him showing how to play with length. That's something that you just don't see. Guys could be long and tall and athletic, but play like they're 5'8", 185. He plays with length. He has a hustle. And you just wish he had this, this year of football under his belt because he would have gotten significantly better um, than what we saw in 2015, he was trekking in the right direction. So I like his upside. I like his ability to play with his skill set and, and, and talent. So I think he's going to get to a team. It's all about where he goes, kind of like Malik Collins went to a squad that had the best uh, teacher of technique um, and Rod Marinelli on a roster. And you combine the teaching with the raw talent and explosiveness and you got a very good rookie season from Malik Collins. I think Muhammad is going to go somewhere with a, a great teacher. They're going to take that quote-unquote mold of clay, and he's going to be a surprise rookie standout. I really like his game, and I mean, I hope he's able to continue on the positive track uh, moving forward. He was supposed to go to Hampton this year, but decided not to and decided to, uh, to uh, declare for the draft. So another guy of intrigue before we get out of here is Jalen Reeves Mabin of Tennessee. A, a guy had a bunch of injuries throughout his career. I know you can't really bank on guys that have been injured because that's the most common trait. You know, if, if you're injured a lot, you're probably going to be continue to be injured a lot. But when he's healthy and on the field, very instinctive, very good overall weak side linebacker. I really enjoyed watching him play. I had to go back to 2014, some 2015 footage and early 2016 footage before he was out for the season. So 
it was three years of tape that I put together and was like, you know what, this is a really good prospect, man. Injuries aside, if he's healthy, I know I have to preface with if he's healthy, it's a really good weak side linebacker, very smart, able to hold his own even in nickel situations. So keep an eye on him. If he checks out medically, you're hoping on the healthy side of his game. Um, because if the healthy side of his game shows up, someone's going to get themselves a tremendous linebacker either in the later round as or in drafted free agent. So that's it, guys, for this episode. That's what my thoughts are, uh, overall general thoughts on the outside linebacker and the inside linebacker group. Also, you can check out um, – footballgameplan.com slash draft. I know Chris James will put up a mock draft. Uh, Teron Davenport has already started to interview some prospects in his Talking With TD segment. Visit the website, footballgameplan.com slash Talking With TD. This is on iTunes. If you missed this episode and want to find all of our other episodes, visit our website at uh, footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And these are also on iTunes. So subscribe on iTunes Football Game Plan Podcast. Again, all of that information you guys got, youtube.com slash football game plan. I'm on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. And we got you guys covered for the NFL. Dream.